Hello, welcome back to the Christian Soldier Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Spurbeck. Thank you for joining me again at the beginning of the week. And I uh, have a very interesting podcast in store for you today. We've been going through some of the core teachings of psychology that is embedded in our culture. And this is the third installment. Uh, and if you haven't listened to the previous two last week's and the week before that, I encourage you to stop this one, pause it, go back and listen to those. And uh, they'll give you a little bit of context of what we're talking about today. Uh, And so we're going to be talking about a few things, uh, mainly uh, the idea uh, you may be recognizing the hierarchy of needs uh, and that of self-actualization. And is, well, I don't even know. Those are technical terms. I don't even know what those mean. I'm going to explain them. You'll recognize them as soon uh, as I start explaining them. Uh, and the person we're going to be looking at is a man named Abraham Maslow, or Maslow. Uh, and he was one that, uh, at, and contrary to uh, Freud and uh, Rogers, uh, who are humanists, who were vehemently against uh, religion, though Freud was interested in the occult, Abraham Maslow is a New, age, new Ager uh, in that uh, he believed in uh, the spiritual realm and a uh, and, uh, very profound impact that the spiritual life can have on a person, uh, but viewed it through the gate of like Buddhism and uh, mysticism and very mystic uh, New Age philosophies there. And so in the future, I look forward to doing some things about the New Age a little bit, uh, but, uh, uh, but I, we don't have time for that today. So let's look at a couple of things. The first thing that he emphasized called the hierarchy of needs. Uh, and so that every human being has a need. Now, you maybe heard this, a need to be loved, uh, a need to feel safe, uh, a need to be accepted, uh, a need to be praised. And if those needs are not met, it will create mental illness, uh, neuroses, as they use the technical term there. Uh, it'll cause problems uh, in your life and how you think and will cause unhealthy uh, habits to form in your life. Uh, and that you'll go to those habits as an escape. Uh, And also what he looked at as well is that he looked at these as through the light of of the Bible as well, in that the things that we have for, you know, for uh, the need for food and the need for protection and all of those things, uh, boiled them down to that those are not, uh, they are amoral, meaning they're neither right or wrong, uh, and they are not evil, okay? But what we're talking about, the relation of this, is that people have needs, and they go to accomplish those needs. The Bible talks about it a little bit differently, calls them lusts, and lusts of the flesh. Now, we're not going to deny anybody, that people you know, have these desires to have these, uh, you know, to be safe, and have food, and shelter, and those things, and that we need those things. At the same time, what he was doing is by looking at these hierarchy of needs, that everybody has these things, the main one being that we have a need to be loved. And we look at that and say, well, yes, I, I understand that. Uh, but what he did is he the, the, the need of being loved, that 
the things of lust that will be described as lust in the Bible uh, is really not sin. It's just you trying to accomplish uh, your hierarchy of needs. Uh, so that would just take the excuse for sin away. And then the next area, so well, okay, I understand that a little bit, but here's the big one, uh, is that of the idea of self-actualization and uh, the uh, self-esteem, okay? We'll get it to self-esteem a little bit more later. Um, and Maslow described the need for self-actualization when all our needs are satisfied, we are still discontented unless we are doing what we were fitted for. Uh, he's quoted as saying, a musician must make music, an art artist must paint, a poet must write, if he is to be ultimately happy. What a man can be, he must be. This need we may call self-actualization. It refers to the desire for self-fulfillment, namely to the tendency for him to become actualized in what he is potentially. And it continues, this tendency might be phrased as the desire to become more and more what one is, to become everything that one is capable of becoming. Uh, and that, you know, people talk about, well, I'm just not satisfied in what I'm doing. I've built, I've been made to do something bigger and greater. And I must reach toward that. There must be something bigger and more important over the horizon. There must be something for me uh, that. Uh, in order for me to be happy, I must have this. If I only had this, if I only was doing this, if this was only in my life, the what-if scenario, then I will be ultimately happy. I will have arrived. Uh, you know, when I buy my first house, I'll be happy. When I get that uh, job with a good retirement, I'll be happy. And I'm only going to be happy doing what I feel will make me happy. Okay, notice how God is not factored into this. And then self-esteem, self-worth uh, is also put in there as well, which we're not going to get into this time. That'll be more uh, in, a, in a session here in a couple weeks uh, to talk about self-esteem and what is biblically wrong with the teaching of self-esteem. And a lot of churches and a lot of preachers are getting into the self-esteem uh, teaching, which is not of the Bible. It is not of the Bible. It is a psychological teaching. It is a teaching that emphasizes me and myself and I and the human condition and does not factor in uh, spiritual, uh, doesn't factor, first doesn't factor in our sin, second it doesn't factor in God at all. But let me get to the verse for today. So we're in uh, John chapter 12. Okay, uh, my, the only way I'm going to be happy is to follow my dreams and to be, to fulfill what I was made for. On the surface, I said, well, yes, if you're a Christian, then you're going to realize that you're made for a purpose. God has a purpose for you. God has a, has a purpose for your life. And that is absolutely true, but that's not what he's talking about. He is talking about that you must make your way in life. You must do what you need to do. You see all these stories a lot, you know, in, in movies that, you know, they were destined to take over the family business, you know, and that they were, uh, had the responsibility on them, but they shake all that off and they go and they fulfill their dreams to where they'll really be happy because they'll never be happy with that menial responsibility of taking on the family business. They'll never be happy in a rut. They'll never be happy doing this. You must do what your heart desires so that you can be truly living. I'm Here's the phrase, I'm living the dream. I'm living the dream. Okay, well, let's think about this for a minute. 
Uh, what does God say our purpose ought to be? Is that what God says we are to be? Well, John chapter 12 and verses 25 and 26 says, He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Now, it's talking about not hating your life in the sense of we think of hate, but more ranking under in priority. That it's not about what I think life should be about. But verse 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Uh, and this is one of many passages that talk about following the Lord, which is where True fulfillment, true satisfaction is in Christ and following him, not on what we think our life ought to be about, not what we think our higher purpose is, not what the next big thing coming across the horizon, over the horizon, the next big opportunity to progress and to grow. Yes, does God want us to grow? Do Does God take us in steps where we grow in him and we grow in responsibility? Absolutely, yes. But what this is talking about, that I'm dissatisfied with what I'm doing for God because it's not big enough. It's not fulfilling my dream. Uh, can I just say something? All of our desires and dreams and plans ought to be brought into the power of God under the power of the Holy Spirit and into subjection to God's will because we are put on earth for a purpose and God knows what that is and he will lead you in it. That is where true satisfaction comes from. It does not come from self-actualization and self-actualization is part of zen buddhism and taoism in that there must be a time of enlightenment and many people go on a pilgrimage and they'll go uh to see the on the mountain with a monk or they'll do those things and they will come to the place of self-actualization they will realize they will wake up to the universe they will wake up to their higher purpose uh and all of that is first of all zen buddhism and taoism uh, which a lot of that, you will notice this in the Star Wars movies. If you watch those, and uh, if you've seen those, I grew up watching most of those, and uh, and just that's it, that they're just a normal person, but then the universe calls on them for a higher purpose. And the force, the universe, the force of the universe calls to them, and they have a greater purpose and a greater, this is your destiny. That is self-actualization. And that is self-actualization in pop culture today, but a lot of people believe that. You will see this in Disney movies. You'll see this in kids' movies, this idea of self-actualization, realizing my higher purpose. And by the way, when you realize your higher purpose, your parents don't understand. No one understands in your life. Only you understand what's going on, even though people older and wiser than your parents or your grandparents or authorities in your life will say, well, this is just a red herring. This is something the devil's using. Get off track. No, you don't understand. I must listen to my inner voice. I must listen and head to this place of ultimate satisfaction and happiness. And you know where it always leads you. It always leads you away from God's will, God's purpose. Many times even God's calling on your life to serve him in ministry because that is not what the devil wants and that's not what the flesh wants. The flesh wants to actualize, wants to incorporate, wants to realize its potential. And you know what the flesh's potential is? Is sin and broken fellowship with God. That we are not to explore the potential of the flesh. We are to stand in the potential of the Spirit of God and what He can do in our lives and how He can have us grow. Whether we do something great or small, it doesn't matter. We are to be servants of God. And that, as it says here in John 12, that if any, if 
He that loveth his life shall lose it. If you're going to love your life and follow the self-actualization journey, then you're going to lose. You're not going to gain what you look for. You're not going to be looking. You're not going to find that satisfaction and that uh, happiness. You're going to find nothing but emptiness and vanity. And you're going to find, and that, if you want to look at it this way, Solomon well went on the self-actualization journey. He went and tried all kinds of things, greater purposes, had all wisdom, had all of these things, but yet he found what that life is what vanity, vanity is empty without God. So let's just skip the hard part of that. Let's just let's, let's throw that aside and realize from the example of other people. By the way, the devil say it'll be different for you. It'll happen better. It'll be different for you. It's not going to be the same as what happened with Solomon. You know, they just didn't do it right. No, Solomon in, uh, and other examples we can see in our life, they go to that place of reaching their ultimate potential. And also that's an evolutionary idea as well. Uh, that man is constantly evolving and growing and can reach his highest potential. That's humanism. And all of these things are embedded into our culture. And all, unfortunately, they're embedded at times in our Christianity and how we think. And we can think the thoughts of the Bible and think the th thoughts of God with this in mind and it twists them and it turns them into something that they should not be there. So we have to be careful of that. So I hope today this helps you understand and identify some of those things that are coming out in our culture. They come out in our pulpits at times when not even realizing. I'm not saying anybody that teaches or preaches these things is intentionally trying to lead someone astray. But they are so embedded in every area of our culture that it's sometimes we believe them and think, well, that's just what we're supposed to believe. We think that's just what we're supposed to do. And even in the training of our children, we can incorporate these things. We have to be careful that we're not taking the steps of the world and taking the steps of psychology, but that we're taking the steps of the Bible and God's steps and following his will and his direction. Well, thank you for tuning in today. I know this one's been a little bit of a longer podcast, but definitely tune in next week for the next installment in this uh, series going through the application of uh, psychology in our culture and also psychology in our Christianity, how to look out for it, and how to get into the Word of God. This has been a blessing to you. Please make sure you share it with your family, friends, and we look forward to seeing you next time.